The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Hi everyone and welcome back. Um, Here is the third talk as part of the Staff Professional Development Week that I get to speak at um, here at the school that I work in. Uh, And this one is continuing on on the theme of back to basics as we focus in on that phrase, uh, Jesus died um, on the cross for our sins and thinking about what do we actually mean about that. Uh, Today, uh, I unpack that when we say that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, what we're really talking about is the fact that Jesus came as our atoning sacrifice and it's through the atoning sacrifice that we can actually be justified. So we're thinking about atonement and we're thinking about justification. I hope you enjoy this next little Bible bit. So today we are thinking more about this back to basics theme of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and unpacking what do we actually mean by this phrase that Jesus died for our sin. Uh, And we're thinking about two ideas in one today. We're thinking about um, that Jesus died on the cross for our sin as an atoning sacrifice. That's number one idea. For the number two idea, because he is the one who brings justification. So as we start to think about this, we've got to think about the Old Testament and, and all that we have thought about the Old Testament already and what we've learned about God's incredible grace. Because as we have read the Old Testament and as we learn more about it, um, we see more and more about how God, by his incredible grace and his great power, has acted to save his people. Um, We have seen how uh, God has passed over them um, and he has given them life as he has redeemed them out of slavery to make them his very own. Um, it's, it's by his grace that he provided a way for his people to be made at one with him. Um, by his mighty work, he had redeemed them. And so in response, his people needed to be faithful to him. Um, they were called by God to be faithful to him by keeping the law that he gave to them um, through Moses at Mount Sinai. Um, keeping the law so that they would live at one with God and in accordance with God and his holy character. <clears throat> Excuse me for a sec. Um, this wasn't a legal thing, right? So they didn't need to do these things um, so that they would belong to God as his people, but they had the law um, because they already did belong to him, um, because they were already at one with him. And this is all because of the work of God redeeming them, making them his own, bringing them at one with him. That's what atonement is. Um, You might have heard in your Sunday school years, or maybe you've said it yourself, um, and it's a really helpful definition when you think about atonement. Uh, And atonement is when God works to make us at one with him. It's his work of at-one-ment, atonement. I think it's quite helpful right, to remember that that's what we're thinking about when we think about atonement, God working to make us at one with him. 
Now, a major part of atonement, like I've sort of pointed out here and hinted at, was that God's people needed to keep the law. Um, And the way they did that was via the sacrificial system in the Old Testament. This was so central for them in, in being the atoned people of God. And so when you think of the sacrificial system of the Bible, maybe you're a bit like me and you think about it in the same way. Um, That is that this is often the bit that you skim over or skip over as you try and read the Bible from Genesis through to Revelation. You know the bits I'm talking about, right? The bits about um, gift offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings and guilt offerings, all those sorts of weird, messy things that we read in the Old Testament law. Um, But today we need to think particularly about the significant one, which is Um, The sin and guilt offerings. This was really important for atonement, the the sin and the guilt offerings. This is important because these things dealt with the, excuse me, frog in my throat. These things dealt with the unintentional offenses that were committed against God and, and most important were the sacrifices that were made on the annual day of atonement. Um, If you're you're an Old Testament nerd, you might know this is called Yom Kippur. And this was the one time in the year when the high priest would enter into the most holy place in the tabernacle or the temple and he would go behind that curtain and he would make a blood sacrifice to make atonement for all of the sins incurred by the people of Israel in the course of their worship. You can read about it in Leviticus 16. Now, it was crucial that for atonement to be made, for for God's people to be made at one with God, It was crucial for atonement to be made that there was the need for the shedding of blood in the death of a substitutionary victim. This is not normally the sort of thing you want to talk about at nine o'clock in the morning. So sorry if you're eating your bacon and eggs this morning as we talk about substitutionary death. But here we go. So let's have a look at Leviticus chapter four, uh, verse 27 to 35. Remember, you're helped by having your Bible. So um, crack it open. Um, Leviticus chapter four, verse 27 uh, to 35. It says, if any member of the community sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, when they realize their guilt and the sin they have committed becomes known, they must bring as their offering for the sin they committed a female goat without defect. They are to lay their hand on the head of the sin offering and slaughter in the place of the burnt offering. Then the priest is to take some of the blood with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. They shall remove all the fat just as the fat is removed from the fellowship offering and the priest shall burn it on the altar as an incense, uh, sorry, on the altar as an aroma, aroma pleasing to the Lord. In the same way, uh, the priest will make atonement for them and they will be forgiven. If someone brings a lamb as their sin offering, they are to bring a female without defect. They are to lay their hand on its head and slaughter it for a sin offering at the place where a burnt offering is slaughtered. Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. They shall remove all the fat just as the fat is removed from the lamb of the fellowship offering, and the priest shall burn it on the altar on top of the food offerings presented to the Lord. In this way, the priest will make atonement for them for the sin they have committed, and they will be forgiven. You see here how atonement is made for God's people when a perfect lamb is selected for them. 
And did you notice in the detail that that the um, how the hands of the sinner are placed on the head of this animal, which is a great symbol uh, of um, a transfer from one to the other being made, a transfer of sin, uh, the consequence of sin being passed over. And the lamb is then completely and entirely sacrificed. And it does die in place of the sinner. And by God's grace and because of his mercy, we read about how atonement is made. And that the person, although having sinned in the past, now gets to live on in the covenant blessing as being one of God's very own people. Notice how that for God's people to continue as one of God's people was all about putting faith in God and in his mercy and in his grace so as that he would accept the sacrifice of atonement. If this was not the case, then the guilt of the law would in fact remain on them and they would remain separate from God because of their sin. But as we think about this detail of the Old Testament and think about this Old Testament sacrificial law of atonement, let's not forget that this is the same for us today. You see, we need a sacrifice for atonement too. And thanks be to God, because we do have one, don't we? We have a wonderful sacrifice of atonement, the one who has come for us, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a sacrifice of atonement who has come, and this sacrifice of atonement, however, has come to fully and to completely solve the problem of sin and guilt before God. Jesus is not a temporary sacrifice of atonement. He is the last one. He is the complete one. He is the one who came to fully and completely die on the cross for our sins. Um, And we pick up on this idea, if you flick over in your New Testament now, over to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 uh, to 18. This is what it says. Um, Since the children have flesh and blood... He too, that's Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it's not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. You see, to fully break the power of death, to, to fully, like completely, bring freedom for all people everywhere, uh, Jesus came. And Hebrews tells us here that Jesus came and he shared in our humanity that God became man with us so that he could completely break the power of the devil and of death. In Hebrews chapter 4, we discover that a bull or a goat or a lamb can never make full atonement for a human. A lamb can never fully take the punishment for a human because a lamb simply is not a human. And that's why God became a man. This is why Jesus became human. He was like us, Hebrews 2.17, in every single way. And he was like us in every single way so that he could help us in every single way. He became both merciful to bring atonement for us, but he also became completely faithful to completely meet the requirements that the law demanded. And so he was able to make atonement for us. 
We see that again in Hebrews 2.17. How amazing, right? How amazing that according to God's grace and mercy, a sacrifice is completely made. And yet also, according to the law, Jesus is faithful to fully meet the requirements of the law too. We often say as Christians, Jesus died for us, right? But, but what we mean by this is that Jesus came to be the sacrifice of atonement for us. In Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we are made at one with God. We aren't, uh, and by the way, aren't we desperate for atonement? <laughs> Far out, we need atonement. We sin all the time. Oh, oh how we need Jesus. And so actually, um, as I come to this point, I, I can't help but um, think about 1 John, um, where it says, don't be deceived, right? We all sin. Yet because of Jesus, we have atonement. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin, but not only for us, but also actually he's the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, says 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. I've got it there on your page for you, right? See, all of this sacrifice makes a difference. It makes a difference in our final day in court, in our day in court before God, when we will stand before him as he is the judge. See, it's because of the sacrifice of atonement that we have in Jesus that we are also able to stand before God and expect to be justified. Jesus' atonement on the cross when he died for us for our sins means that we are justified. And so here's our two-for-one moment in this Bible study, right? So we're thinking about atonement, number one, but we're also thinking about justification. Um, uh, that Jesus died and so now we can be justified. So the Bible teaches in Romans that we are all under the power of sin. You've heard before from Romans 3 that there is no one righteous, there's not even one. And so we should notice in that verse that there's this legal word of, of righteous, that is to be declared good, to be declared blameless before God. But there is no one who was able to make that claim among us. In fact, according to the law, we should never be declared as righteous. According to the law of God, we should only ever be declared guilty in our court, in the court of God, and held accountable to God for our sin. We learn that in Romans 3.19. But as we have learnt, Jesus has come as our atoning sacrifice and he has died for us. He has already atoned for us. So although we have this problem of sin, we have been made righteous. And this is all through Jesus and all through his work on the cross for us as our atoning sacrifice. Because of Jesus, we stand before God justified. Or again, the Sunday school definition is helpful, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. That's what justification it means, right, to stand before God just as if I'd never sinned. Notice how our salvation here is not based on our work. Isn't that refreshing? We don't stand before God saved because we are good. No, we stand in court before God expecting justification all because of Jesus' sacrifice, all because of the atonement that comes through Jesus. That's the only way that we are justified before God. We do nothing for our salvation. All we need to do is have some sincere faith in his work. Romans 3.25 um, says it clearly. It says that God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood. Why? To be received by faith. And so as we think about the sacrifice of atonement in the Lord Jesus Christ and our, our standing as those who are justified, 
we've got to think about whether or not we actually receive this. Just simply, just do we receive it? Not are we trying to work for our salvation, but do we simply receive the atoning sacrifice of Jesus so that we can claim to be justified before the Lord God Almighty? Romans 4 in verse 3 compares our situation to that of Abraham from the Old Testament. You see, Abraham, all he did was simply trusted God and as Romans says, it was credited to him, his trust was credited to him as righteousness. In the same way, for us, we do not work for our justification or our righteousness. We simply put our faith in the sacrifice of atonement and the justification that now comes through him. What a blessing we have through Jesus, right? What an amazing blessing we have through Jesus who has come and who has done an amazing thing for us when he died on the cross for us. That's why we say it all the time, isn't it? Because we understand the blessing. But the blessing is that Jesus is an atoning sacrifice for us. On your sheet, I've printed for you two verses from Romans. Um, Romans chapter 4, verses 7 to 8. It says, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. And also from Romans chapter 4, verse 25, it says that he, that is Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. What a blessing we have in Jesus. But don't just hear the blessing and go, oh, that's nice. But hear about the blessing that we have in Jesus our atoning sacrifice who brings justification, and then receive it by faith. Don't try and add to it other things. Don't, don't go about saying, yeah, I've got Jesus, but I must do other things. I must be a good boy. I must pray to the saints. I must go to church every single day. I must offer up other things, other, other special confession prayers or something else. It's not about that. Jesus has come, he has been delivered over to death, he has been raised to life completely for our justification. That's all it takes, just simply receive that by faith. So maybe today you've been challenged afresh to put your hope in Jesus. To put your hope in Jesus alone who has been atoned for you. Uh, Who has atoned for you, sorry, and who has brought you justification. And so I do want to say, if you've been challenged by this thought, Don't just sit alone in this. Um, Talk to somebody about it. Schedule a Zoom if you have to. Pick up the phone. Send a text message. um, Do whatever you can to talk about it with somebody to, yes, celebrate it um, and to connect with it in community because we have been greatly blessed in the Lord Jesus Christ, our atoning sacrifice. But as I've been doing over this week, um, I do also want to apply the situation to us here at Broughton in Christian education. Um, So firstly, I want to say that remember that Jesus has atoned for our sin and he atoned for our sin by, we discovered, by becoming like us in every way. And so as we think about this, this incarnation, the incarnation, God becoming man and becoming like us in every way, I simply want to say, remember that he knows. He knows what it's like to be human. Jesus knows what it's like to be stressed, to be anxious. He knows what it's like to wrestle with relationships. Jesus knows what it takes to be honest, to be trustworthy, to be resilient. Jesus knows what it's like to be human. So press on today. 
No matter what is thrown our way as we start our work together today at Broughton, let's press on. All you teachers in this Zoom, all the property staff, all the office staff, the support staff, whoever that you are, let's press on. All you mums and dads, all you husbands and wives, all you single people, all you old people, all you young people, whoever you are, let's press on. Because we have put our faith in Jesus for atonement and justification. And so because we know that we can put our hope in Jesus for these things, we know that we can press on in the daily grind because we know that Jesus knows what it's like to be human. He has been human for our atonement, for our justification. Secondly, I want to say that we have been justified because of Jesus' sacrifice of atonement. And I said this before, that there is nothing else that saves us. Absolutely nothing else. Nothing else will mean that we are declared righteous by God on that final day. Nothing else will leave us justified before the Lord God Almighty. Nothing. Nothing except Jesus. So, specifically, as we think about the Broughton Best PBIS framework, which is excellent, by the way, right? It's right that we hold out words like diligence and integrity and compassion and respect to our students. These are fine attributes to attain. But in the end, these things are not best on the day of judgment, are they? Someone can be all four of these brought and best attributes for their whole entire life and yet never put their faith in Jesus. And so they will be found guilty on the last day. So we must remember that we are saved and we stand justified before God only through faith in the atoning work of Jesus when he died on the cross for us. And so this is the Broughton Best way. The Broughton Best way is to put your faith in Jesus to live your life through Christ. This is what we mean when we say Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Jesus died on the cross to be our atoning sacrifice and to make us justified. What a blessing we have, right? So let's praise the Lord together as we pray and as we start our day. Dear Lord, we thank you for your incredible work in in sending Jesus for us. Jesus who came fully as a man to make atonement for us so that we can stand before you knowing that we are justified. Lord, please remind us of this today and, and help us Um, to take on the challenges of this day, um, remembering that you know what it's like to be human. Um, Help us to trust in you for our atonement, but help us to trust in you in the daily grind as well. Lord, as we think about what we hold out to students in our school, help us to be eager to hold out that life is found in Jesus Christ alone. Um, Help us to be eager for this um, in all things that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRKSchroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.